0: VIP.
1: You're a VIP? Mm-hmm. You're a drunken VIP.
0: No, just a VIP. I didn't say I'm a DVIP.
1: You're definitely drunken right now.
0: But I'm still a VIP. That stands above everything else.
1: Thank you for joining us. You have reached the Shays Lounge. <gasps> you started. I did start. <laughs> you <laughs> sneaky little sucker.
0: I didn't realize you already started.
1: I know. I didn't tell you I started. Isn't that great? But this is the Shays Lounge. You have reached... Cricket, and Tom, and we are back for another week, and we're doing a Facebook Live this week, and I don't know how many viewers we have, I'm sorry, a TikTok Live, so if you're on TikTok right now, you can see us do our podcast, which should be interesting, because we're both already very drunk.
0: (laughs) You're still, you're only on your first bottle of wine.
1: Yeah, but I'm about to be on my second bottle of wine. Oh. This is this is the stuff I picked up at the dispensary earlier. What is it? Um it's called it Looks like a salt shaker. Yeah, no, it's a full spectrum vapor cart. Um it's supposed to be really good. It's supposed to have like terpens in it that are supposed to be really good.
0: Turpentine?
1: Tur- no, terpenes. The guy like spent like 10 minutes explaining to me what terpenes are and I still don't understand what terpenes are. But they're supposed to make the experience like better.
0: Sounds like a fish. A turpin?
1: Like a turpin? It does. But um, I'm going to... Ooh. This is... Okay. Alright. So I like this. What are we going to talk about tonight?
2: I
0: don't know. I'm like concentrating on what you're doing.
1: I'm just opening up my um, package of turps.
0: Turpentine? Turpentines.
1: Um, And I'm going to put this on a battery that I have over here.
2: Let me find it.
0: Oops. Yeah, You should have really had all this stuff ready before we started.
1: I know, I should have.
0: The I have amateurs, gone. man. I swear.
1: This is terrible. Okay, now I'm good. I'm ready. <laughs> Welcome to the Shays Lounge. Thank you for catching us for another week. We didn't get blown away by the storm last week, so that was a good thing. Um, but we've got a bunch of stuff we want to talk about tonight. and um, The first of which is the fact that when we came home from the grocery store tonight... What did we see in the apartment complex? We saw a little kid chunking oh, rocks at cars.
0: Fucker chunking rocks.
1: I was so pissed about that. We like came in, and uh, there was a group of kids um, I, I don't playing to, in the parking lot. They, they, the they, park. they
0: play in the driveway of the apartment complex all the time. Like they have their little scooters that they ride, and there's a couple of them out there that throw footballs around.
1: Right. And, and but you there know, was this other little kid the,
0: that was up on a ledge picking up freaking rocks and throwing it at them
1: yeah and he was throwing them over over where the car park is and like toward other cars and then come to find out he had thrown one at a car and broken the windshield
0: yeah and, and when so, we got out of the car we were like hey stop throwing rocks at people he like took off running well yeah. then i asked them the little other little kids told me that he broke the windshield and so i went over there and i was like hey uh do you know where he lives i need to go see if i can find out where he lives So i can talk to his parents
1: right and so we figured out where he lives.
0: And actually, before we figured out where he lived, his dad was already outside. And I said, hey, uh, your kid threw a rock and broke a windshield. I mean, he didn't, like, shatter it, but it broke it pretty good. And
1: and the kid was sitting there denying yeah, it. He's like, we I wasn't throwing rocks.
0: I was like, well, when we pulled up, the reason he took off running is because we actually got on to him for throwing rocks and stones because when we pulled up, we saw him actually throwing them.
1: Yeah, we saw the rocks flying. We saw it. And, you know, what was really bad about it, like I don't want to bring, well, I say I don't want to bring race into it, but I kind of do want to bring race into it. This was the only white kid in this group of kids that was throwing rocks.
0: And he was throwing the rocks at the cars and at the other kids.
1: Yes. And And all the other
0: kids were not white.
1: That is correct. And I have a bad feeling that had we not been there and seen it, the father of the little white kid would have blamed the other non-white kids for throwing rocks instead of oh, blaming yeah, his own absolutely. kid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I kind of got that feeling from him. You know, it was yeah. kind of like he was, he was ready to blame the other kids, but it was definitely his kid that was the problem. But,
0: he was like, did you throw the rocks? He's like, no. We well, said he didn't throw them. Well, we saw him throw them.
1: I literally watched a rock come out of his hand and fly through And that's why we got on
0: to him and he took off running.
1: Yeah. Your kid is lying to you, sir. <clears throat> and i'm sorry your kid's a little fucking liar but he is but well, yeah you said he a wordy dirt already i did say a wordy dirt this is an explicit podcast so if you oh, don't want to that's right i forgot <laughs> we have an, uh, a plus 18 explicit rating
0: wordy dirt on my friend wordy dirt along
1: <laughs> so the kid was throwing rocks in the apartment complex um what was the other thing that i was going to talk about tonight we got. Like, we
0: went to a live show, recorded everything of wrestling this last week,
1: and that was fun.
0: We went to a Monday Night Raw, and that was our. We've been to some house shows, untelevised house shows in Waco before.
1: Yeah, and like Undertaker showed up at one of them. You know, it was like yeah, that was a big unexpected. deal because
0: that was his first match back since the previous year's WrestleMania. Yeah. And, and that, so, that was like
1: a huge deal because it was lead up to WrestleMania and yeah. so what we had seen. But I mean, it was just an untelevised televised house show, so it wasn't anything special. But it was neat that Undertaker had shown up, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. But this one that we saw um, this last Monday was an actual televised Raw show. Yeah, and so and we got was, to see how they do the stuff and like the behind the scenes stuff and the and the matches before the actual matches start and
0: well see and, and I learned something new that I guess I should have known. What's that? Like when you're watching Raw live, mm-hmm. right? You know, like somebody uh, usually somebody a lot of times when they go to commercial break, somebody's taking just did an entrance mm-hmm.
2: right,
0: and their music's playing and it cuts to commercial break, and then when it comes back from commercial break, their music's still playing. And I used to always think, man, that's a long time for somebody's music (laughs) to hit them and do their thing, right? But then being at the live show of a taping of Raw, or a live show of Raw, Mm -hmm. really, when they went to commercial break, the music just, stops.
1: Yeah, they just cut everything out and the and the lights went dark in the arena and everybody was just kind of milling around like yeah. it was nothing, but, you know.
0: Like a whole behind the scenes kind of thing and they were up on the big Titan Tron and they were playing some video clips of like, basically like wrestling commercials for different things.
1: Yeah, and that was and really And then deep. you
0: would know when the show was about to come back on live because they would, the lights, the, the Titan Tron would turn off and the lights would come back up and the music would start playing mm-hmm. and then whoever was in the ring... Would start back up like they never stopped again.
1: Right, but they all, you know, it was, it was were obvious stopped. that it was like a yeah. like a commercial break, and they were just vamping for the cameras. Yeah, you know? I
0: just, I just, I guess I never put that. Well,
1: the the put part two and two together. The like part that. that struck me was when the bloodline came in to confront. Who who were they confronting? Um, when when Paul Heyman came in and, and um, no, well they came Priya in and, and,
0: then and the the.
1: Cause like the Usos and and all those guys came in first, and then um, who was it that came in? That <laughs> this is awful. We just saw it less than a week ago. I can't even remember. But anyway, it was funny. Judgment Day. Judgment Day. So when they were in the middle of the um, the commercial Co- break. Yeah. They were all just kind of milling around in the ring and, like, talking to each other and just kind of messing with each other. You could tell they were kind of getting, like, okay, what is this going to look like? And they were kind of discussing what they were going to say when the cameras came back on. And then as soon as the cameras came back on again, they were, like, they were on.
0: Yeah.
1: And you could tell. see, what I thought
0: was cool, too, is that, like, before the Judgment Day showed up, you know, Paul Heyman and the Usos and Solo were out in the ring. And I remember I pointed out to you and said, look, they they started up the smoke machine. Mm-hmm. Somebody's about to come out. Somebody's so then,
1: about to come out. They just yeah. started
0: the smoke machine up. And sure enough, a few minutes later, here comes the Judgment Day. And let me tell you something.
1: We were close.
0: Yeah. You see Judgment Day in, on TV? That's one thing. You see Mommy in real life? Oh, Ooh,
2: my, my God. Damn. damn.
1: Nia, I mean, uh, Rhea Ripley
2: Rhea is Ripley.
1: mommy, and I she can break me in half any day. Like, I don't even care.
0: <laughs> Good Lord, that woman.
1: Oh, my gosh. She is the most amazing. Like, I I just, I, I want to meet her. Yeah. I want to meet her, just so I can lick her face.
0: But it was really cold being there at the live show, and then coming home the next, well, actually, it didn't show up until after midnight. But I watched the show the next morning, and that was, uh, It was really cool seeing it. Mm -hmm. You know, thinking, see how how the camera played and everything.
1: And and it was neat watching the matches go because you could tell which camera they were on because the red light would be on the camera and you know it would be like this light it would be on for 5 seconds and then another light would be on for 5 seconds and a different one would be on for 5 seconds and you don't realize they're doing cuts that quick when you're watching it but they are they're doing cuts that quick and i can't even imagine being the director in the back going okay camera 10 camera 5 camera 2 camera 13 cam-, you know just, yeah, just no kidding. making sure that this match looks like it needs to look on camera and they
0: got all the shots they wanted to get and they know?
1: got everything that they needed and it, it was it was neat. it was really neat watching because when you watch Watch a match on TV uh, when somebody does a finishing move or does a move on somebody. You you know, there's a lot of a lot of commotion going on. Well, you could watch the camera guy when when somebody would hit the hit the mat, he would do the camera like this, up and down. Yeah. You know, you could watch him do that. I was like, oh, I got you. Like, I know what you're doing. You know, you're making it look more spectacular he- than it he's is. He's helping sell the move. He's helping sell the move. I, it, didn't, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, it was great watching him because when they were at the, at the edge of the camera, I mean, at the edge of the ring, they were sitting there, and they would just, like, up and down with the camera, back and forth, up and down, up and down, up and down, to make it look like, you know, it was more of a move that was going on than that actually was, which is really neat.
0: I thought it was cool how somebody pointed out, you know, it wasn't supposed to have been obvious, you know, but sometimes things happen. But, you know, Solo, Sokoa, and uh, Ray Mysterio had a match. Uh-huh. And Solo won, of course. But at the end, they could see him sing, or somebody actually heard him when he was pinning Ray, told him, thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because Ray was able to put him over. That, that's a that's a thing they do in wrestling. You know, you've got you've got wrestlers who are more established, and they put over these younger wrestlers who really need the help to kind of get established as a good wrestler. And that's what that's what Ray Mysterio did for Solo because Ray Mysterio was an established wrestler, and yeah. so for him to lose a match like that right after WrestleMania, that's a big deal. Yeah, and so it put Solo over.
0: But Solo's only lost one match since he's been on the main roster.
1: He's fun to watch. He's a lot of fun to watch. And I'll tell you who else is fun to watch, and I can't even remember the guy's name. The guy that came out there in the tight in the in the little the little shorty shorts with no no shoes on toward the end.
0: <laughs> Matt Riddle.
1: Yes, he's fun to watch in the ring. He really is. He is a lot of fun. And look, Rey Mysterio is not one of my favorite wrestlers. He's just not. He is I think he's a bullshit wrestler. I, I think he's all hype and everything else. Until I saw him in person. And he is a so lot. of little. He is. He's a pocket-sized person. He's so. He's like five two. He is so tiny. But when he, like he, there, there was one point during the match where he got on the top rope and just like jumped sideways at the guy, and it was the most spectacular thing I have ever seen. Just watching him just go, and just like grab the guy in midair.
0: And I can tell you one thing too is that, watching as many shows as I have, of course. And then being at a live show with real pyro. That's
1: when you're loud. sitting
0: as close as we were. <laughs> we
1: were really close. Holy
0: crap, that was loud. Especially like when Cody Rhodes came out. Yeah. You know, they, he had the main pyro and then that last little pop at the end. And then just hearing two like just... I love hear like when his song and everybody like screams during a certain part of a song, uh-huh. and then of course when Seth Rollins when Seth comes Rollins out, came and he's out there yeah. doing this, and he's like telling people when to sing, and they're just.
1: <laughs> that was the coolest part of the night was when Seth Rollins came out. Yeah, it really was. And then, um, uh, I keep wanting to call him Shelton Benjamin, but I know that's not right. Um, oh my gosh, what is his name?
0: Tell me some. Describe him just a little bit.
1: Big giant guy. I told you he was really pretty.
0: Oh, you're talking about Bobby Lashley. Bobby
1: Lashley. I did not get to see him come out, but he came out and he stood on a little dais like a little statue, and that was that was fun to watch. And I got
0: a really good picture of him. So if you can, really, post really stuff good picture. To yeah, the, I can post it. To uh, I'll send that to you. Yeah. So you can send really it to good that. that was a really cool. Well, I got some really good pictures because mm-hmm. we were close. And we got to see Trish Stratus, which yep. was cool.
1: She did not wrestle, but she came out and talked shit to everybody, and that was. But great. she
0: talked way too long, and like I don't know, like I didn't notice it when I watched it the the when I went back and watched it on Hulu later. Uh huh. But being there live, she her segment went on way too long. Yeah. I mean, there were at least two or three times there was quite a few people with a boring chant going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Because you're like. You're you're not that talented on the mic. Uh, She's
1: really not. She's good in the ring, but she's not like
0: pretty decent in the ring. Had a pretty face and nice boobs and a nice butt. That's why you're so popular, sweetheart. Sorry, Mm -hmm. but
1: nobody was super. Yeah, she did a lot to
0: pave the way because her and Lita kind of really changed what women's wrestling was
1: because because they actually started doing. Like moves.
0: True. Like moves just like the guys were doing.
1: Yeah. Because before. Especially and, Lita. Before the Attitude Era, it was underwear models that they had gotten to do wrestling Well, models. that's why they were
0: called the Divas Championship. Yeah. Championship. Like
1: they, they weren't good. They weren't athletes. Now, Michelle
0: either. McCool was good.
1: Michelle McCool was good. But the Attitude Era brought in a new type of female wrestler that was yep. able to kind of hang with the men as far as like doing the moves and everything else.
0: China started changing the way. Beth Phoenix oh, started yeah. changing the way. I mean, then you had Lita and Trish coming in, you had Jacqueline. Gail Kim. Yeah. You yeah. had a bunch of them that came in and could actually perform in the ring. It, it it's like it, but, but, used to if you had a women's match.
1: It was the, the least that watched was, match. That
0: was the, hey, let's run to the restroom and concession stand match. Yeah. But it's not anymore.
1: No, it's not. Because these, 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 these women ladies, are ladies, you
0: got ones but like w- Charlotte Flair. W- I mean, WWE
1: did that same bullshit after the Attitude Era. They got underwear models again because they're like, oh, we've got to get these beautiful women out there. And they started doing that bullshit where they don't get athletes. They get models and try to teach them how to wrestle. And that didn't work. Aka not Lana, work. Lana Carmella. I'm sorry, she's learned, but she was not yes, good no, when she, she came out. Yeah, she was not good. She's she's pretty
0: decent in the ring now. I'll but give her that. she
1: had to learn, and she's had to put in the work. Yep. Lana was awful, and they had all this the string Lana of women that were just awful. terrible. And the, it's it's kind of like they've learned their lesson almost because they have, um, they they've kind of they've kind of gotten back into doing the athletes who happen to be pretty. Yeah. And I think that's that's done really well for them. Although I will say that this women's match that we watched on Raw was not a good one. It was just No, it, it was wasn't
0: not that they one. they they didn't put on a very good show. They could no. have done a lot better, but it seemed like maybe another segment went on too long mm-hmm. and theirs got cut short.
1: Maybe. Just, because it when it ended right. you were like It's like why did it end like that?
0: That was kind of a sudden unexpected Because a good match, you're going to have a couple of kickouts. Every now and then you may have somebody hit a finisher and they kick out the finisher. Right. You know, that's what really gets the crowd into it. Mm -hmm. Because when the performers come out, you could probably guess about 95% of the time who's going to win. Mm -hmm. It's usually pretty obvious.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, you know.
0: But if you can get some guys that are doing some really good back and forth, they are really good at telling a story together, and you have these Mm kickouts that you're not expecting, then you're kind of like, oh, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. This guy might actually pull this out, you know. And so, but, and they had a couple matches that were like that.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: That was probably the best match that they like uh, that Rollins had mm-hmm. with the Miz. Mm-hmm. That's probably the, the, the best match that they've let Miz have in a while.
1: And I was really impressed not talking about wrestling, but talking about just the arena itself. The arena itself was really well run. Everything went very very quickly, even though there was a huge crowd of people there. It was a sold out stadium. Uh, We didn't we didn't have to wait in line very long for concessions. I never had to wait in line for the bathroom. They were clean. Everything was just handled beautifully. So, props to the Simmons Stadium because they they did a really really good job running this thing. Yeah. Very impressive. Very impressive. But, yeah, we had fun last week.
0: But we got a lot of good pictures we can post on the, on the site.
1: Yeah, we do. And uh, I'll post them on Facebook, and I'll post them on the Instagram. It's the Shays Lounge at, uh, at Instagram. Um, I haven't posted on that one for a while, but I'll post some pictures here. And at CricketShay1 um, on Instagram as well. I'll post them there as well. Um, what else are we going to talk about?
0: I have made the adjustment. I have went to first shift finally. <gasps>
1: And I am so excited you have to... Look, I'm going to drink some wine just to celebrate the fact that you have gone to First Shift. This is your first week on First Shift.
0: I hope it huh? turns out well. It I will. Mean, it is an obvious pay cut, I will admit.
1: It will. It's going to be fun.
0: But we'll see how it goes. I mean, we think we can make it as long as you continue to do what you're doing on your other job. We'll be Which I should fine.
1: be. Which I should be just fine. Because my job is about to start popping off, so...
0: But I actually taken off Monday to, cause that's when we went to the RAW show, and then that's when I texted my boss that day. He said, "All right, wife well, talked me into it. I'm ready to start." He goes, "All right, start Wednesday." Yeah,
1: so he had to <laughs> start He Monday said I, I would Tuesday start you tomorrow,
0: off. but we need to. I'll get stuff done tomorrow. Uh, be here Wednesday morning. I can't let you work Tuesday night and Wednesday morning, so come in Wednesday morning and train mm-hmm. and I trained with a guy Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday.
1: You start your own route on I'll Monday. start
0: my own route on Monday.
1: I'm very excited about this. It has been so insane because our night started at 9.30 last night when I got off work. And I've already gotten with my second job. I don't have to work Fridays anymore. So our day can get started or our weekend can get started when you get home from work on Friday afternoon.
2: Yeah,
0: because like, we had quite a bit of stuff that we accomplished today
1: by three, and we were like, and "Holy that's crap!" Usually,
0: not about not much longer after when I normally would wake up because I was on night shift.
1: Well, normally, normally I would wake you up about one so we could go to the gym about 1.30 because we have to meet with our trainer. Right. But today we had like we went out to the gun range today. We went shopping. We had all this stuff done. We're we're uh, we normally don't start the podcast until eight or nine o'clock at night. It's only seven o'clock right now. Yeah. So I mean, everything is just like
2: so we were like coming back, day? and we're like,
0: "Holy crap! It's only like two o'clock, and we've already felt like we've had a whole day."
1: I know it's insane. I like it.
0: So our weekends actually start on Friday afternoon instead of Saturday. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. At around two.
1: Yeah. So that's nice. I get you for more than a day and a
2: half. Lucky you.
1: <laughs> it is lucky me. I like being around you. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, let's see. Uh, Oh, (laughs) we made some really good food tonight. I made some really good food tonight. Yes,
0: you did. You made some very good food.
1: But, um, you know, Twitter, uh, not Twitter, uh, TikTok. (laughs) TikTok has taught me one thing, and that is um, you can't eat at everybody's house. (laughs) You can eat at my house because I know how to handle food, but you can't eat at everybody's house. And I was telling Tom this earlier. Um, I watched a person on TikTok Measuring stick butter by using her mouth.
0: So you have to put in a mouthful, and she's like, and you said like she took like a bite.
1: She took a bite of the butter and then spit it into the food.
0: Blah.
2: Blah.
1: Blah. But you can't eat at everybody's house. <laughs> no. And what's what's so bad about this is, look, I was raised Southern Baptist. I was raised in the church. We had meetings on the ground. All you know, we had dinner on the ground all the time. We did potluck. We had people that brought food. It was great. I loved that part of my childhood. That was the best part of my childhood is when we had dinner on the grounds. I don't think that I could enjoy dinner on the grounds now. <laughs> Because you don't know whose cat has been on the counter. You don't know who Did they truly s-
0: wash that bowl after the last time they used it and let their dog lick it clean?
1: Did they sneeze into the food? Did they make it with their hands? You know, just like... Well, see,
0: that's why I don't like thinking about eating out at all. Because I remember we used to watch like the Iron Chef all the time. Uh-huh. And some of those guys are sweating and you can see sweat dripping off of them.
1: And they're sweating into the food. That's like, which is that, just like I
0: know that's hitting the plate, and so that's just.
1: Well, what's bad about it is that you and I used to work not not in food service, but we used to work in food, food industry, in the food industry, because we worked at a chicken processing plant, and that's right. covered by OSHA and the and the USDA. Right. And I used to work in QC, and you had to be really careful with how you handled that food, because it had to remain within the food. You know, the the human food network, I suppose.
0: Specifications. Yeah. and Ooh, I knew a big word.
1: <laughs> we would go to like for example, McDonald's and there was one time when we watched a guy at McDonalds drop a bunch of fries and, and fry things on the floor and then pick them up with his hands and then without washing his hands go back to putting fries in the in the fry thing. And we were like, yeah, you need to give us our money back. That's disgusting.
0: Oh, remember we were at uh, IHOP that one time and the guy come out of the back.
1: With his apron on. With his, with apron,
0: his on. apron on from the kitchen and went into the restroom wearing his fucking apron.
1: Yeah, you like you can't do that. You cannot do that. That is a food safety we, violation. We
0: called the waitress over and said, look, this is nothing on you. Don't freak out, but we need to speak to a manager. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like we're going to go ahead and cancel our food. We're going to go. Nothing that the waiter did She's been awesome
1: We're going to give her a tip
0: But We're not paying for any food Of course we haven't gotten any food But we're going to go ahead and leave Because one of your cooks or somebody Just came out of the back with their apron on And did not take it off before they went into the restroom Yeah That is disgusting
1: Yeah that's nasty And there was another one And I told him I said
0: you don't realize dude this is the wrong person Sees that
1: And that's it for them
0: They're shutting you down.
1: Yeah. Well, remember when we were at Casa Olay in Lufkin, and that vent was dripping over the table? Oh, yeah. Into the food? Into the food, yeah. And we were like, yeah, you got to fix this. You need to move us, and this is disgusting.
0: Yeah, the vent just dripped onto my plate.
1: Uh, That's just so gross. So gross. Um, So Twitter got rid of uh, the blue check marks on 420 because Mm -hmm. Elon Musk thinks he's funny but he's actually not and uh, the legacy blue check marks went away which means that if you had been verified on Twitter um, prior to everybody having to buy the verification um, then if you were grandfathered in with the legacy check mark you kept your check mark up until April 20th and then he got rid of the legacy check marks except for three people Did did you hear about that? LeBron James, Stephen King, and I can't remember the third person, um, but he did not take away. Uh, it may have been Taylor Swift, but they did, he did not take away their legacy blue check marks. And the reason he didn't was because they had very publicly come out and said that they were not going to pay him the eight dollars to get their check mark, and he wanted to make it look like they did. Yeah, he wanted to make it look like they did, and he <laughs> he is such a whiny little fanboy. He is so thirsty to get Stephen King on his side that every time that Stephen King posts, he always has to post some kind of reply to him because he's just thirsty and just can't help himself. And then um, LeBron James said he didn't want the check mark. And in fact, Stephen King came out and said if he's uh, cause Steve, uh, because Elon came out and said uh, when somebody questioned um, Stephen King having a, a check mark. Musk came out and said, hey, there are some that I am paying for myself because he wants them to have the check mark. Stephen King came out and said, well, Elon, buddy, if you're paying for it, you might as well send that eight bucks to charity. And how about you add a little to it? Because I don't want your check mark. I think it's bullshit. And if you're going to pay $8 for me to have this stupid bullshit check mark, send it to charity and add a little to it because you're definitely good for it. And he hasn't done that yet,
2: which is really funny. No, of course fine. not.
1: And then, um, what's become funny is that uh, Twitter has become this big giant breeding ground of people who don't understand how things work, saying that the reason that you need a check mark is to show how awesome you are,
2: mm-hmm. but they
1: don't realize that the check mark was to prove that you are who you say you are, and if anybody can buy one, then it loses its meaning it was a status symbol before because not everybody could get one right you had to be somebody notable or somebody that was being impersonated by other people in order to get that blue check mark so it meant something but now that you can just give elon eight dollars or eleven dollars and anybody can get one it means literally nothing
0: so if he was paying for it for them so what is that like? He took eight bucks out of his wallet and go, here you go, Elon. Oh, hey, thank you, Elon. Appreciate it, Elon. And put it back in his pocket or what? I guess, I don't know. So stupid.
1: What's really funny is that somebody tracked the number of... not leg- They tracked the legacy check marks and the paid check marks. And there were about 12,000 paid check marks. Okay? Before the legacies went away. And then after the legacies went away, there was about... Twelve thousand three hundred and twenty-eight. So he had a net gain of three hundred and twenty-eight paid followers, which means he netted about what is what is three hundred twenty-eight times eight? Hang on, I'm, I need to do. I don't have my phone on me, so I can't do the math on that. What are you trying to do? Three hundred and twenty-eight times eight. What is that? What does that work out to be?
0: Well, hang on. My fingers don't work that fast.
1: Well, chop chop. Three
0: two eight times eight.
1: So he made twenty six hundred dollars off this venture.
0: No, he made two thousand six hundred and twenty four.
1: I'm sorry, he made twenty six hundred dollars off this venture. No, he made twenty four.
0: In twenty four, twenty two thousand six hundred and twenty four.
1: I'm sure that's very important to him. But what's very funny is that of the leg of of the paid check marks that existed before the legacies went away, and of the paid check marks that existed after the legacies went away. He lost roughly 300 and gained about 328. So he had a net gain of 28 paid check marks. So that's 28 times 8. So $224 was his net gain on this. <laughs> so he spent $44 billion.
0: He struck it to rich get, with that one.
1: To get $224. And his number one follower is a guy named Cat Turd. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and Cat Turd is famous because he used to ratio people back in the day. And now he's become one of these guys who's just like super, super um, thirsty for for Elon Musk and just can't get enough of him and goes around trying to ratio other people. It's really funny. But he's a loser who paid for a blue check mark. Also, speaking of Elon Musk, did you hear about what happened to him this week? No. He shot off a rocket at SpaceX. Oh,
0: yes. I heard about that.
1: And six seconds after it took off.
0: (laughs) Had a unexpected, spontaneous...
1: Disassembly.
0: Disassembly. (laughs) Bitch, that shit blew the fuck up. It
1: blew the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) And It was so funny. Oh, my gosh. It It
0: blowed
2: up.
1: And what was funny is that his mother was sitting there going, oh, but he learned so much from the thing blowing up and it was supposed to do that, da 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 That woman has been giving him participation trophies his entire frickin' life. And he doesn't know anything outside of the fact that she tells him he's just the bestest boy.
0: Oh, tell him, talk about what his dad said. Oh,
1: yeah. So, (laughs) Musk got on Twitter this week and because he, he's been disputing the fact that they have a diamond mine, that they had a diamond mine when he emerald. was a kid, or an, an emerald mine, and uh, the emerald mine was uh, entirely peopled by slave labor. But that's that's a whole second issue. But he has been sitting there saying, I don't know how that uh, story got started. Nobody has, uh, n- nobody can prove that I had a, a, an emerald mine. Nobody can prove that it was in my family. Yada yada yada. Well, he said, I will give one million Dogecoin to anybody that can prove that I had an emerald mine when I was growing up. Anybody. Now, we're going to talk a minute why it's a really bad idea to give an ultimatum to people. But (laughs) (laughs) Elon Musk's father father came out and said, hey, can I get in on this? Because yeah, I, can I can prove, prove it. <laughs> that we had an emerald mine.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but speaking of giving an ultimatum to people and ha- not having it go your way, uh, Mike Pillow.
0: <laughs> Mr. Pillow. <laughs> Mr. <asses>. Pillow guy. <laughs> Big dumbass dude.
1: During one of his uh, symposiums where he was going to prove that the election was stolen, he got up there and said that there was something about packet loss or something that proved... What he had been saying about the 2020 election being stolen. And he said if anybody, he created a contest, he said if anybody can prove that my results are not accurate or are not from the 2020 election, I will give them $5 million. Ding, ding, ding.
0: Challenge accepted.
1: Challenge accepted. This Trump supporter, the guy who voted for Trump twice he's a computer programmer he saw this challenge and he was like hmm i wonder if i can get in on that maybe i can prove him right and then you know and then he'll be okay so he gets in there starts looking through all the data and realizes that not only does it not prove that the election has been stolen but it wasn't even from the 2020 election the stuff the information that he had Oh God! and so he comes up there and says, "Hey, I have just proven that your stuff doesn't isn't doesn't say what it's what you said it does. You need to give me the um you need to give me the five million dollars right, and my pillow refused and said, We're not doing it. You haven't proven anything
0: but somebody agreed with
1: him." What do you mean?
0: That he did what he said he did.
1: The arbitrator.
0: Mm-hmm. And what
1: happened? They went to arbitration and the arbiter said, Yes, he proved that this did not come from the twenty twenty election. You owe him five million dollars. You have thirty days to pay up.
0: And the judge agreed. Yep. He's so, gotta pay. He's
2: <laughs> gotta pay. He's
1: got thirty <laughs> days to pay. <laughs> and i just wonder if my pillow even has 5 million dollars because they've been bleeding money through all this bullshit that mike lindell has been making them do yeah so i don't even know if they have 5 million dollars to pay the guy but they're going to have to give him a check within 5 within 30 days or they're in contempt of court
0: maybe he's going to try to send him like a lifetime supply of my pillows that's <laughs> worth well over 5 million dollars sir
1: that sounds like something mike lindell would do yeah <laughs> That's awful, and uh, oh! Speaking of giant uh, judgments, um, you heard what happened to uh, Fox News, right?
0: Well, of course, everybody has.
1: Yeah, the Dominion, the Dominion case was uh, was settled, which makes me
0: seven hundred eighty-five million, I think it was.
1: Yeah, it makes me really sad that it was settled because I would love to have seen Tucker Carlson on the stand. Oh my gosh. That would have been freaking amazing. But I can understand why they settled it because when you go to court, you're it's a coin flip. It yep. honestly is a coin flip. Even if you have a really strong case, it's still a coin flip. And so I <clears throat> I can understand why these lawyers would have seen that money and gone, "Okay, we're taking it." Because they're rich, their clients are rich. Everybody's rich except for Fox News, who has to pay a quarter of a billion dollars to um, Dominion because of the defamation suit. And here's the thing that makes me think that Fox News... You said a
0: quarter of a billion.
1: Three quarters of a billion.
0: Three quarters
2: of a billion. Yeah,
1: three quarters of a billion dollars. Um, The fact that Fox settled for three quarters of a billion dollars makes me think that they knew that if they went to court, they would lose horribly. Yeah. Because three quarters of a billion dollars is ten times what Dominion is valued at. Damn. They're only valued at $80 million. That's not that big of a company. And for them to get a settlement judgment for ten times what they're worth.
0: And what's even worse for Fox News is that Smartmatic is using the result in the findings from the Dominion case to help along theirs. Yes. And they are saying that they are double down digging in. They're not going to settle.
1: Well, the only problem with Smartmatic is they're not worth even as much as Dominion was. Smartmatic is worth like, you know, $40 million. Like, not the $80 million that that Dominion was worth. But But because of all
0: the lies... Is one of the reasons why they're not worth as much.
1: Well, and, well they're and, not worth very much. Yeah, and and they're they're being the the defamation has cheated them out of future settlement or you know future profits. Is,
2: is yeah, that, that's what this th- three quarters they, of a billion dollars been, is for. They is have been f-
0: con- they've been trying to get contracts, and because of all that crap, they were losing out on contracts.
1: Right. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And that's a lot of money rolling. That's in that a lot. Well, get. it's
1: what they sued them for was potential money, mm-hmm. and they got a settlement based on potential money. Because now nobody's going to trust Dominion to do anything. So what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Same thing with Smartmatic. You know, they were the guys that everybody turned to to do the the elections, and now nobody trusts them. So what are they going to do? They're a defunct company at this point. The only thing they can do is recoup future future possible profits. Yeah,
0: future possible and then, profits. Is yeah, the first and go from there. To
1: Oh, I just want you to know, and you guys on TikTok can see this, I am drinking wine from a normal size glass like a fucking peasant. Right? Because my big wine glass that holds half a bottle of wine that I would normally be drinking out of is in the washing machine because I don't know how to plan. It's rosé.
0: It's in the washing machine.
1: Uh, dishwasher, whatever. <laughs> i
0: <gonna get>
2: broke.
1: <laughs> is it good? That's real good, isn't it? Oh, yeah, good. That's awesome. You've already had two Cayman Jacks. So you're already <laughs> fucking trashed. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. And I am working on my second bottle of wine through this damn peasant glass. And I'm also working on my new vape pen, so we're going to see if it works.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you kind of vaguely mentioned that we went to the gun range today. Yeah. And we found out that the gun range here is like really freaking cheap cheap to go to. It's
1: run by the state. It's a it's a it's a Arkansas Fish and Wildlife like gun range like yeah. that's run by the state. It's not a private gun range.
0: So it was like really cheap for us to go, and we took our youngest son with us, who's thirteen. 14, yes, 13, thirteen. Thirteen.
1: He'll be fourteen this year.
0: Yeah, and
1: he's like fucking Annie Oakley.
0: Call of Duty's paid off, man.
1: Oh my god. And you got to understand, okay, the last time this kid fired a gun was when he was about three years old.
0: No. Yes. He was not three.
1: Because I was trying to scare him.
0: No, he wasn't three. He was about four or five.
1: Well, either way, I was trying to scare him away from guns. So I wanted to get him as close to the guns as possible to make them as loud as possible so he could see what they would do so he would be scared away from them. And it backfired spectacularly on me because we fired the 7 mag, which is the biggest, loudest gun that we have.
0: And you know, it is the biggest and loudest gun that we had at that time. At that
1: time. You've got a you've Win Mag, right? I mag, a 300, 300 Win mag, mag now. But the 7 Mag, we had that one. And so I fired it next to this little four-year-old, hoping that it would scare him shitless and he would stay away from Now, guns. we didn't have him
0: so close that he would worry about ear damage. I mean, we, we Yeah, had we him, had him
1: covered and, you know, we had him protected yeah. and everything like that. But I wanted to, him to see the devastation that this gun could do so that he would maybe be scared away from it, right? No, no, no. He saw that and he was like... Do it again! I was like, "Motherfucker!" (laughs) I have screwed up.
0: But we had bought him a twenty-two. We had bought a twenty-two. It's not his. It's not his. Well, we had bought a twenty-two Beretta. Yeah. Pistol, and that's what he he shot today. He did a really good job. Hit some bullseyes with it.
1: His grouping is just like spectacular for 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 not ever having shot a a handgun before.
0: Yeah, and then we went down to the rifle range. He shot the AR fifteen a few times. And hit some bullseyes with that as well. Yes,
1: he did. Yes, he did. And you you got to understand, Tom is really good with a pistol. And I am even better with a rifle. I am really good with a rifle or a shotgun. That is my forte. Yes. This kid inherited his ability to shoot a pistol from Tom. From me. And he inherited his ability to shoot a rifle from me.
0: It's like you'll have to uh, post my... Uh... My target picture on there
1: I'll have to post the target picture because you took the absolute center out of that target it was just it just didn't ex- even exist anymore
0: yeah I was like there was like a little piece that was still there and it took me a few tries to actually it wouldn't there was no cardboard behind it right and so I had to like kind of go around it and saw it off <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that was with the h and k
0: forty yeah that was with my h and k forty you're and not I, gonna outshoot me with I that
1: am one. really good with the six hour nine. Don't mess with me, with my six or nine.
0: No, what we should have done is next time we go out, we'll make sure we have shells for the forty five because that's the one you, you're you're tack I'm, driving. I'm with. really
1: I'm really good with a with a forty
0: five. <laughs> yeah, she does really well. Is with that a 45. Ruger? That's a Ruger, isn't it? Uh, yes.
1: So a Ruger forty five, I'm really good, and I think it's because it's so heavy. Yeah, and it doesn't kick as much as as a lot of other guns do, and it's just easier to. And that's one thing that I noticed. What I was doing, I was getting tired. Mm-hmm. While we were while we were shooting and I noticed when I was getting tired, I would anticipate the shot and it would cause me to shoot low and to the left because I was pulling the gun.
0: Yeah, you were pulling down before you pulled the trigger. Exactly, because to, I was
1: anticipating the. You recoil. were trying
0: to compensate for the kick.
1: Right. And the then kick happened. so I took a rest. I, I I stood back for, you know, 10 minutes let them shoot around, yeah. went through the whole thing. And then I went back up there, and I, I found myself able to hit the target again, yeah. like I was supposed to. Because, But but I caught myself. And you and you have to be really cognizant of what you're doing when you're target shooting um, to make sure that you're not getting tired. And, and I was really proud of Parker because he, he said at one point, he said, my shoulder hurts. We need to stop. And
2: yeah. he
1: took a rest, and he came back about 30 minutes later, and he was able to hit the target again. Mm-hmm. And he he was really good at, you know, being able to know his know himself well enough to know when to stop. And that's that's you can't teach that.
0: But since their range does go out to 200, I do want to try to get shells with a 7 mag and a 300 wind mag next yeah. time. I'd like yeah, to take definitely. both of them out there.
1: Definitely. And I really like the way that this range was run because they were very professional. Very, very professional. We went up there and we said, okay, tell us the rules and they told us all the rules, what you had to do and they have a they have a LED lights up above every single shooting station that says either fire or ceasefire. And you have to pay attention to those. And then when it says fire, you're allowed to go up to the shooting and they line. they also
0: have people saying this over in intercom as well.
1: Yeah. Well I was getting I was getting to that. Okay, sorry. So when it says fire, you can walk up to the shooting line, you can grab your, your uh your weapon, you can chamber around and you can start firing. Correct. And then I think it's what is it, five minutes that they give you to to shoot your or ten minutes they give you to it's shoot a your 20 gun? Twenty
0: minutes uh, it's a twenty-minute cycles.
1: Twenty-minute cycles. So it lets you shoot for a few minutes, and then the the little the little sign will change from fire to cease fire, and it turns red, and then and then a voice comes over the intercom that says, "Okay, pistol and rifle range cease fire. You need to make sure no rounds are chambered, lock your slide open." Put your gun facing downrange. Take the magazine out. Step back from the firing line and go to the fence. And they tell you this
0: very specifically every single for the time. The rifles, they'll tell you, chamber's open, magazines out, uh, gun in, uh, with gun the, in the rack. In the rack. I mean, and then when you're when you're doing all this stuff, and then they finally call it clear. Is, is that it's it's that cold? That, that it's cold range. Range is cold. And that's what everybody walks up to check their targets.
1: Right. And they have people out there checking. They do not they do not pull up with bullshit. Yeah. If they catch you doing something you don't you don't need to be doing, they will kick you off the range.
0: Yep. You're gone.
1: You're gone. There's no second they don't, chances. They don't want any rapid fire. So one, one second one second or more. One shot per second. One more. shot per second. Um uh no rapid firing, no human shaped targets. Yep. Um which I, I appreciated that. You know, it was just a target target, you know. Um, you couldn't. Um, you had to make if you were caught holding a uh, a rifle on a cold range, or if you were caught holding a gun on a cold range, they would kick you off. I mean, they were very very professional and very yes. very safety conscious, and I really really appreciate and very them.
0: very cheap for a yes. gun range.
1: It was three bucks a piece for all four of us, or for all three of us to well go. It
0: t- cost us three bucks a piece to go to the the handgun range, and then three bucks a piece to go to the Rifle range. range. And when you do that, you know, you get two targets per person. They have the deal that you put the targets on. And then if you need to, if you need eye protection, they'll give it to you. If you need ear protection, they have some for you. Uh, If you need a gun rest, they have that for you. Uh, Like I took my spotting scope, but like a dumbass, I forgot to take the tripod for it. So it didn't do me any good. So they had... uh, Spotting scopes that you could use at the rifle range. Mm-hmm. Two bucks to get. Yeah, it.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. So the whole day it cost us twenty bucks, and we were out there for like four hours. Yeah, it was great. I mean, your now only that your that, only
0: true expense is just going through is ammo.
1: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. We didn't we didn't factor in how much ammo we shot, but honestly, it wasn't really that much because we were we were taking time showing Parker what to do and making sure he knew he was you know handling a gun safely and And he and because we he didn't want us
0: to load it for him he he he, i showed him how to load that the magazine for the 22 pistol and he did it by himself he did
1: but it was we were very very careful with him and if he did even think anything even remotely unsafe
0: which he didn't which he didn't
1: really do you know once he, uh, but we made sure he knew. You know, you don't point a gun at anybody, even whether it's loaded or unloaded. Mm-hmm. You keep your finger off that trigger until you are ready to pull. Uh, until you are ready to shoot, you keep that gun aimed downrange. You keep the safety on. Like we don't fuck around with safe with gun safety in this house. We don't fuck right. around at all. And 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 just just so that you know that I am a bleeding heart liberal, I will go ahead and tell you, if the country ever institutes a gun buyback, we will be first in line. Yeah if the country ever says your AR-15 is now illegal please give it back I'm first in line to give it back absolutely I will do it
0: they better buy that motherfucker back though they're going to
1: buy it back but I will absolutely 100% give it up
0: probably for fucking pennies on the dollar
2: though but
1: that's that's okay because I don't think and I'm including myself in this I don't think people should own weapons of war I just don't there's no reason to own them but having a pistol to go out to the range or having a deer rifle to go out to the range you know it's a lot of fun yeah it really is a lot of fun i shot that creed today we were trying to get it sighted in the the sight is, is completely fucked up
0: we um, couldn't figure out like we even moved the target up to 25 yards on that big ass pa- and still could not even get it on paper yeah the scope was broke
1: and there, I mean, it was something horribly horrible. And even one of the guys that come out there that is like a gun expert came out there and tried to help us with it. Because
0: well, I was talking to him. I said, hey, man, how's it going? He goes, oh, I'm having a pretty good day. How are you? I said, well, I was doing good on the gun, on the rifle, on the handgun range. But over here, I said, man, I, I bought this gun before we moved to Arkansas. I haven't had a chance to shoot it yet. I said, I can't even get the damn thing on paper. Well, he come over there and he was helping us bore sight it. And we were trying to adjust it, and one of the knobs just, like, fucking broke off. Right. And he went and took it to a—they actually have a gunsmith on on the property. And they took it in there to him, and he's like, maybe you can get lucky enough to get him to replace it, but that, that scope's trash.
1: He said the scope was broke when you got it.
0: Yeah. So, he said, that scope is trash. There's nothing you can do with it. So. And that
1: sucks, because it was a good scope. It just didn't—you know, we just didn't have it— Hooked together, it didn't yeah. work right, so that, that kind of sucked.
0: But so that one will be put back up in the gun safe until I can afford to replace the scope on it because we're sitting here talking about okay, well we've got I can't touch the I was thinking about talking about possibly taking the scope off one of the other guns that I don't use that much. I would get divorced if I tried to take the one off the AR,
1: yes. And if you take the one off the 30 six, I'm also divorcing you because oh, that is no, my that gun. One.
0: That one I will not touch because that one's like...
1: That thirty out 6 is my gun. I am dead deadly on. with that gun.
0: <laughs> that, that gun is dead on.
1: And I didn't know it was dead on. You remember when I shot that, those deer and missed them? Yeah. The reason I missed them is because I wasn't aiming directly at them. I was aiming above them, not realizing that the scope uh, uh, accounted for drop.
0: for drop. I had
1: no idea. Because you
0: it changed the, the range on it. I
1: changed the range on it, not realizing that it accounted for the drop. If I had aimed directly at those deer, they'd have been toast. Yep. But I aimed a little above them because I was used to aiming a little above them because that's what you're supposed to do when you're 200 yards away from a deer.
0: No, you're about 250 yards away from those deer.
1: But it was really funny because those stupid deer, all they did was they heard the bullet whiz above their bull back and they just like held their head up and was like looking around like, what's going on? Cause she was what like, you got going on? I was adjusting
0: for the drop. <laughs> I aimed like... A half an inch above their back and shot. I was like, "Well, baby, but that scope." That, you
1: shot a half an inch above that, their back. That <laughs>
0: bullet went a half an inch above its back. <laughs> but I was thinking about maybe the three hundred eight because I, when I do hunt, I don't really use that one that much. Yeah, maybe. But that's a tack driving son of a gun right now. And I don't it really is.
1: I don't want to mess with it. We will just my have to get my gun of choice
0: you. that I usually end up taking is my two seventy. Yeah. But
1: I remember buying you that gun. Yep. Because that's the one gun that you asked for. That is yeah. like the one gun you have ever said, "Hey, I want a 270." Uh my me and my grandpa used to two, shoot a 270. That's that's the one gun that I want. And we went out and we got you that gun and you were so but excited.
0: If anybody is familiar with guns, too I have the 7 mag and the 300 win mag and if you get take the time to sight those in, <laughs> you really don't want to start over. No. <laughs> No. (laughs) If you try to take it off and start over, your shoulder is going, what are you doing, sir?
1: Yeah, no kidding. So. That's seven. I don't like shooting that seven mag. It kicks like a mule.
0: Yeah, it kicks worse than the three hundred does. Of course, it is, too. It's that lighter synthetic Mm -hmm. stock, and so it's light, so it kicks worse. Now, that
1: Creedmoor, what what is that?
0: The 6.5?
1: Okay, so a 6.5 Creedmoor. It didn't kick like I thought it was going to.
0: I didn't know how to kick it. It didn't kick much more than the two twenty three.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I was like, hmm, that's, a, that's, that's not bad. You know, maybe I can use this gun once we get it sighted in.
0: But I definitely want to take the 300 out there. Because when you shoot that thing at a gun range.
1: Everybody looks around like, what the looked, fuck did tra- you just shoot?
0: Trying to figure out what you're shooting. They're like, good <laughs> God, that thing's loud. I was like, yeah, because that's a lot of powder behind that bullet. <laughs>
1: yeah, it is. It is. But uh, let's see, what else are we talking about? Ooh, we're almost at an hour. Oh my
2: goodness.
0: Oh. I'm going to talk real quick, real quick before you get into something else. I saw a really short, interesting interview with Isaiah Thomas, that somebody had posted on TikTok, if I remember correctly.
1: And he's a he's a basketball player. He was
0: a former basketball player for the Detroit for the Detroit Pistons, and he played. Uh, Dennis Rodman had played with him while he was there. Mm-hmm. And somebody was talking to him about Dennis Rodman. He said, "I did not realize how much of a student of the game Dennis was really was." Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, "Well, what do you mean?" He said, you know, like before pregame, you know, when everybody's out there just taking shots and getting loose and getting ready. Um, Dennis didn't really take many shots. He stayed underneath the rim and was rebounding and watching stuff going on. And he finally came over there and said, hey, man, what are you doing? You're just kind of hanging out. He goes, well, the deal is, he said, he said, well, I'm counting. And Isaiah's like, what do you mean you're counting? He said, well... I've noticed, you know, I noticed a long time ago that everybody when they shoot, their ball stays up in the air for different amounts of time. Because mm-hmm. different people shoot with more arc or whatever. And he said, I'm also counting how many times the ball rotates when you shoot. And he said, and then I'll sit over on the sideline and I'll watch the same thing when the other team is doing it. And he's like, well, why are you doing all that? What does that matter? And he goes, because if I know about where somebody's shooting from, I know how long it's going to be exactly before that ball hits the rim. Mm-hmm. And if you miss, I, you know, he's figured out, like, uh, basically basically with how hard they're shooting it, how high they're shooting, how many times it spins. is has a lot to do with where's this ball going to go if they miss.
2: Right. Because it's going to bounce and a certain Isaiah way. Isaiah was like,
0: holy crap. This is why he always had so many rebounds. Because he was. That's, this is why he was always in the right place at the right time.
1: Because he was clocking where that ball was going to be when it yeah, bounced off the rim. He wasn't just
0: this wild and brash and... What's the word I'm looking for? Just... Out there kind of guy to get attention.
1: He knew what the fuck he was doing. He knew
0: what he was doing. That's why he was so damn good. And I, I, I would have never have thought that about uh, Rodman. But Isaiah was right. He was always in the right place at the right time. You need something to cut that?
1: Yes.
2: Okay.
0: I got a knife over there. I think it's either over there or it's in the bedroom on the dresser.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's that uh one like kind of like a wooden grain right there on my table. You need scissors? I don't know. We're going to try. No, I don't know if I'd use scissors, but okay. You know, you do you. Just don't stab me or yourself.
1: I might stab you.
0: Don't say that because then I come up dead. Everybody's going to come straight for you.
1: Well, they come for me anyway. It's, well, always, yeah, cause it's always the wife. Because
0: they're going to know it was you that killed me.
1: <laughs> Only out of love, honey. Only out of love.
0: I killed you because I loved you. What else are we going to talk about? I'm out of stuff.
1: Um, Justin Jordan and Justin Pearson are fighting in Tennessee yep. for all no of our rights. Do you need water or what?
0: I don't know. You didn't ask? Ooh. That's disgusting. Here, water, water.
1: There we go. Okay. But Justin Jordan and Justin Pearson are fighting in Tennessee to make sure that the voices of Tennesseans are heard. Yep. The voices of black Tennesseans are heard. They keep getting not censured in the house, but they keep getting shut down in the house by the speaker who keeps to accusing them of being off topic. And Justin Pearson, at one point, was like, can we start tracking who you're saying is off topic? Because it kind of appears like Maybe you're only saying the black guys are off topic. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Whoa, 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 that's not what we're doing. And Justin Pearson is like, Well, then why don't we track it and see?
0: Let's go back and look. Let's just go back. Because what and I look. liked is when he was kept trying to say something and the speaker kept cutting him off. He's like, This is not for statement time. If you have a question, ask the question. And he had to keep telling him that over and over. And finally, because you know what? Okay, fine. I have a question. He said, uh, "Madam Clerk, would you mind reading the <laughs> residency requirements in order to be the Speaker of the House in here in Tennessee? Because the Speaker there does not meet the requirements."
1: No, he doesn't even speak. He doesn't even meet the requirements for being a representative of his district, much less the Speaker of the House.
0: And he and his response was, "Oh, ha, ha, ha! Good one. That's a good one."
1: Because he knows he's in violation of the Constitution. hmm He knows he is. But
0: what's the deal? He's a fucking Republican.
1: He's a white Republican from and Tennessee. nothing's going to happen to him. Nothing's going to happen to him. Now, did you hear about the guy that they made resign the other day? Mm-mm. Okay. So, on, on March the 28th, the Ethics Committee put forth a... Um, hang on. Let me get this guy's name real quick. They put forth a report... Um, House
0: of Representatives
1: Sexual Harassment Sexual Harassment Okay, so the GOP leader um,
0: Voted to expel 3
1: Scotty Campbell Okay, so Scotty Campbell Is one of the leaders Of the GOP House of Representatives In In Tennessee. Tennessee Okay he was one of the ones who voted to expel Justin Jordan and Justin Pearson. Right. He was one of the leaders of doing that. Okay. That happened on April the fourth is when they were expelled. Right. On April the twenty eighth, the House Ethics Committee I mean I mean on March March the
0: twenty eighth. Say did I get so drunk I missed some days? No,
1: okay. So on April the fourth, <laughs> Justin Pearson and Justin Jordan were expelled. On March the twenty-eighth, which was the week prior, Scotty Campbell was found guilty by the House Ethics Committee of gross sexual harassment to an
2: intern. Oh.
1: Now he says they were having consensual adult relationships, but at one point she accused him. Now they were they lived in the same apartment complex it was like state housing is the apartment complex that they both lived in okay he saw her and a friend go into her apartment okay and then later told her that he had fantasies of what the two of them did to each other while they were in there and got real graphic with it oh she was disgusted and told him that didn't happen we're just friends and he says well that's just what I thought happened He also reached out and grabbed her neck and pulled her close to him, which she said made her physically ill to her stomach, the fact that he was doing that to her. And he kept insisting on talking about sexual subjects with her, even though she had told him repeatedly to stop. Now, the only reason that we know that this happened is because a local news reporter found out about it Mm -hmm. and confronted... Scott Campbell on the street and said, tell me about this. And he sat there and said, oh, no, she made the whole thing up. And the reporter was like, oh, she made it up, did she? And his Campbell was like, yes. And he said, well, that's interesting because the ethics committee said she didn't. The ethics committee said that you were guilty of this. Hmm. The ethics committee, who was made up of Republicans said that you sexually harassed this woman to the point that the state had to pay to move her out of the apartment complex she was in so that this guy would leave her alone. So that happened. She
0: kicked his ass out.
1: That happened March 28th. Justin Jordan and Justin Pearson were ejected on on April the 4th. Scotty Pearson, once he was confronted by the fact of his sexual harassment this week, resigned. (laughs) <laughs> but he was made to resign. It was like one of those things, like, we could, like, and what cracks me up, none of this would have come to light had the House GOP speaker in Tennessee not been such a racist fuckhole that he tried to get rid of two black members. Yeah. If he had just not done that, he wouldn't have given them a national platform.
0: Because you got to think, have you ever heard of them before this? We've never
1: heard of them before this. But now, one of the two of them is going to be president in the next 15 years. <laughs> okay? I'm sorry. It's just going to happen. Because he gave them a national platform. And people are looking into his skeletons. He does not even live in the district he represents. He is an illegitimate Representative.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He is illegitimate. He does not live in the district he represents. He is not eligible to be speaker of the house. He is not even eligible to be in the house. And all of those skeletons would have remained hidden had he just not been a racist fuckhole. Yeah. But Chef's kiss.
0: Karma finally got one Chef's of them. Chef's kiss. At least Karma finally got one of them. Finally. <laughs> Took all a right. long ass time, but they finally got one of them.
1: <laughs> I want to give uh, Ditto some peach schnapps and see what he does.
0: <laughs> so every time I think about animals getting that kind of stuff, reminds me of when we were at Eric's house that time, having a pool party, and it was like around one of the Tyson fights, if I remember correctly. And we were all drinking hurricanes, and people left hurricanes out in their glasses out by the pool. And next thing we know, one of his golden retrievers was. Those golden retrievers were getting into the hurricanes and drinking them. And their names were Heart and Soul. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Now, I don't remember if it was Heart or I don't remember if it was Soul. But if you know golden retrievers, they are very good swimmers. (coughs) One of them drank quite a bit of these hurricanes and fell in the pool and sank like a fucking rock. (laughs) This poor dog had no clue which way was up. It didn't know how to swim. We had to jump in the pool and save this dog. But we did. We jumped in the pool and saved the dog. But his dog was too damn drunk. And the other one was like belly side up off in the fucking bushes. I mean.
1: Well, I just remember when we gave, uh, because we we were drinking peach schnapps at the apartment one night. when We still lived in Waco. And DOG kept coming over. DOG was our Jack Russell at the time. and He's honestly, he's the best dog we've ever had. He's the best dog that has ever lived. And I'm sorry, your dog is nice, but he's not DOG. Okay. Right. DOG is the best dog ever. But he kept coming over and sniffing at what we had and I was like, oh, I wonder what would happen if we gave the dog some peach schnapps. And so I put some peach schnapps in a, in a margarita glass and he would come over and he would lap up a little bit and then he would run around the room and he'd run and run and run and run and run and run. And then he would get a little bit more and then he'd run and run and run and run, run, run. And then he'd get a little bit more and then he'd run a little bit slower and then he'd get a little bit more. And he tried to jump on the couch and just slammed right into the side of it. <laughs>
0: End up drinking a little bit more, drinking and then laying down right next to the, <laughs> to the glass. He
1: laid right down. He laid down next to the glass and just slept for like six hours. <laughs> <laughs> but he had so much fun. He he had he had a lot of fun. So yeah, we, we should give Ditto some peach schnapps and see what he does. Although I don't think it's real good to give dogs alcohol. Probably not.
0: But Especially your this one. He's so stupid.
1: But see, that's the thing. I can't figure out if he's stupid or if we're just comparing him to DOG because DOG understood English. And this dog well, understands like, some you English. Know, we
0: had that conversation the other day is that this dog is not dumb. He's not stupid. But he's got an unfair starting point.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. the bar is so high for him to clear. Because he too
0: is a Jack Russell and just, we can't help it but to compare him to the last one. Yeah. And that's not fair to him because we could have another hundred of these Jack Russells and I would not, truly would not expect any of them to measure up to D.O.G.
1: Yeah. D.O.G. honestly. That's just
0: like I will never own another boxer. mm
1: -mm, Because we can't have another boxer that measures up to Dante.
0: I will never have a dog. It's just impossible. Yeah. And so I, I I refuse to ever have another boxer.
1: Well, like, like DOG. The difference between DOG and Ditto. Ditto understands a few um, English words. He understands the difference between go to bed and go potty. He understands the difference between go potty and go outside. He understands, well, like, when you go outside and he's, like, taking his time and he won't do anything. If you say, come on, go potty, he'll immediately pee because he knows what that means. Right. Um, he knows what crate up means. He knows what good boy treat means. So you know, like him, I don't
0: even have to say crate up. All I got to do is just snap and he goes.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> there's certain things that he's really good at. He understands yeah. what outside is. He understands what load up is when we go get in the car. He's really good at riding in the car. You know, he's just he's Thinking just Thinking like, about
0: load up. Remember when we were cleaning out the old Explorer? Yeah. And Dante got Dante up in got there. Dante wouldn't get out. Wouldn't get out. And he was like, no, let's go somewhere. Let's go.
1: <laughs> that was funny but like ditto understands a few things here and there you know he does he understands sit he understands stay for the most part now if anybody else is around he won't listen to you so that's a problem no now with doge DOG understood every single word you told him every you like you understood. English. new
0: at the house this dog will bark and then like five minutes later you're like Oh, I forgot somebody was here. Bark 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 bark, bar, he just starts going again. It's like yeah. you little spastic idiot.
1: Ditto Ditto just doesn't understand. He has no object permanence. He just doesn't get it. Dioji, on the other hand, had a hundred percent object permanence. He had the intelligence of a reasonably smart six year old. Yeah. I mean he was he was the smartest dog I have ever seen. I taught him how to walk himself in a day. We lived in an upstairs apartment. I was pregnant at the time. What? Well, no, no. I had just, had the, you just baby. had the baby. I had just had the first baby, and so I was having trouble getting around because my mom wasn't there to help me anymore. I had had a C-section. I was still having trouble getting around because you know a C-section is major surgery. They cut you in half. I don't think people realize that. They're like, "Oh, you had a C-section. Oh, you didn't." Have no, fuck you. They cut me in half. And pulled my guts out and then pulled a baby out and then stuffed everything back in. That is major fucking surgery. And my mom was only there to help for a week. And then the rest of it I had to do myself. And we lived in an upstairs apartment and I had to go down those stairs to walk the dog. And I honestly, I cannot tell you how I did it. I do not remember what I did. But I just remember Thomas came home from work one night. Yep. And I said, hey, can you walk the dog? And he said, oh, crap, I've got to walk the dog. Okay, I guess I'll get that done. He went to go get the leash, and I was like, no, 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 no. Just go to the door. He'll go out and do it himself.
0: And I was like, what? No, he won't.
1: Yeah, and then I I opened the door and told told DOG, I said, go potty. And he ran down the steps to the little grass patch that was across the, across the parking lot.
0: No, it was around the side of the building.
1: Around the side of the building. He peed. And then he ran right back up the stairs, right back into the apartment.
0: Yep, and I was just standing there like, "What the?"
1: F-? Yeah, and we never had, we didn't have to have Dog on a leash if we didn't want to. Mm-mm. I mean, he was, he just, we took him to the, we took him to the apartment complex um, tennis ball court. Yeah. And we used to throw a tennis ball and let him run around. He never ran away. I mean, he was just. Remember when we took him to the, the suspension bridge and we put him on top of the suspension bridge and he was like yeah. walking down the suspension bridge? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, he was just like the best dog. Oh, he was awesome.
2: Yeah. And
1: somebody fucking poisoned him and if I ever figure out who that is, I'm going to go to their house and I'm going to salt their yard and I'm going to set their car on fire and I'm going to burn their house down. In Minecraft.
2: Yep, in And Minecraft. also for
1: real. But definitely in Minecraft. I think it was the racist neighbors across the street to be honest. I really do. But anyway, <sighs> okay. <laughs> that was a lot. Ooh, we've already gone over an hour. Do you want to keep going, or are we good?
0: Well, I, I'm out of sub, sub subjects for tonight, so I don't know if you have anything left over.
1: I well, I have a few things. <clears throat> Let's see.
0: Short things, quick things.
1: Ding oh. ding ding ding. Oh, ding. was that mine or is that yours? It's
0: not mine. It's mine. You're always trying to blame it on me.
1: I know, I know. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think we talked about everything I have. Look at that. Yeah, we talked about everything I have. Even the fact that I am drinking wine from a normal wine glass like a peasant.
0: A little small wussy glass. This is bullshit. That's okay, I'm drinking my water out of a uh, liquor glass. It that's does a, say cheers, though.
1: That's a wine glass, though.
0: That's a liquor glass.
1: Hmm. It's a wine glass. It doesn't matter. But I've also been smoking my vape, so I'm pretty cross-fated right now. So I think we're going to call it quits for the night.
0: Yeah, probably a good idea.
1: You want to say where to find us on social media? <laughs> yeah, like I know. Instagram, Cricket 1. Okay. Cricket Shay the number 1. Or The Shay's Lounge on Instagram.
0: And In which we'll get some pictures put on there.
1: Yes. I also have I it. also have um an Instagram account for my art which is called A Drawing Cricket. So A Drawing Cricket that is where my art is found. And then I also have several TikToks. I have Cricket Shay on TikTok. I have The Transparent Transparent and I also have Thermochromia, which I haven't posted anything on Thermochromia because that's kind of one of those uh that's one of those um TikToks where I get really personal, I have to be really careful. And then, um, what is the other one? Um, oh, Twitter at Cricket Shea, and my username is uh, Marianne Williamson's shoulder pads. So if you come across there, that's my that's my name. Uh, but I, I've always wanted a Twitter handle that was Marianne Williamson's shoulder shoulder pads because she is a completely ridiculous person, and I love her so much. She would make a terrible president, but that doesn't mean I don't want her to run. <laughs> because the spectacle is just fucking hilarious okay but anyway um yeah you can find us on all the socials um if you have my text if you have my cell phone you can text me um you can find me on facebook you can find thomas on facebook he never uses it but he is there and
0: (laughs) i never use it
1: but he is there (laughs) and we will see you next week
0: all right bye